And welcome to the pilot episode of the First Place Losers podcast with you. I'm Matt Lagana, and I've got my partner Logan Eilers next to me and we are proud to be bringing you episode one uh, today. So I say we, we, we start out, obviously episode one, why don't we just go ahead and introduce ourselves a little bit and I'll start with you, Logan. All right, hi guys, uh, my name is Logan Eilers. Um, I am from Jacksonville, Florida, so um, I'm just gonna give a quick Duval, and um, <laughs> that's a way to start off a nice I like series. It. I like it. Okay, um, but yeah, I'm from Jacksonville. Uh, grew up, uh, born and raised there. Um, sadly, a Jaguars fan. Uh, well, not really too sadly, because we'll we'll get into why um, Jags fans are being very excited. Sadly, up to now, I would say though. Yeah, um, I mean, it's been a long time coming for to to the Jags having you know the first overall pick. But, uh, yeah, so it's how it goes down in, down in Duval. I cheered for Jacksonville. Now I'm here at Florida State University trying to get an accounting uh, accounting degree, and hopefully I can do something big with that. Uh, Matt, how about you? How about you uh, give us a little biography? Oh, uh, well, I am not a Duval fan. I am, uh, <laughs> on the other hand, I'm a New York sports fan. I've been rooting for the Jets ever since I was a little kid. Uh, obviously not a very optimal franchise to be rooting for either. And that's, that's just kind of how my, my sports fandom has been throughout my life. I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Rangers yeah. fan. Uh, so I, I would say that you and I have both kind of gone through a lot of pain when it comes to watching our teams. And, and yeah. uh, just, just to kind of bounce off of that, uh, our, our teams tend to end up at the bottom of the barrel when it comes to this league. Yeah. Uh, and it's interesting enough that that our teams are now one and two in the draft overall yes. this year, which is like I, I, I kind of feel like that's what gave us inspiration to yeah. uh, to do this. I think it, I think um, just seeing our teams literally be at the bottom, truly the bottom of the barrel with picks one and two, I think that really inspired us to get together, talk about well the losers of the NFL, like the Jaguars, like the Jets, and like the many other teams that we'll talk about. Uh, in the next coming weeks and months. But yeah, um, to put it in summary, guys, after like week seven in the NFL season, we realized, well, our, our teams are poo. Our teams aren't going anywhere. They did not so go anywhere. we're tanking. And we know that Trevor Lawrence is the, the great prize of the draft. So we ended up that Matt became a Jags fan cheering for the Jags to win, and I became a Jets fan cheering for the Jets to win. Those are good times. Oh, my we were God. literally we, texting each other every single time uh, something good. The other person's team was like winning the game. You'd be like, "Oh boy, they're oh about to God. win! They're about to win!" Yeah, I just want to say thank you to um, Sean McVay and Kevin Stefanski for truly being outcoached by Adam Gase this year. That give the Jaguars the first overall pick. You gotta gotta uh, love it. You yeah. gotta love it. It, it's man, it was intense, but I feel like you know both teams are gonna come out on top with quarterbacks probably. We'll, well talk I mean, about the Jets next week. I'm I, I'm I'm still a little bummed out about the fact that the Jets aren't getting Trevor Lawrence. Not gonna lie, but I mean it is nice that that there are a lot of options when it comes to quarterbacks in this draft. It's very top heavy in terms of 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 the talent uh, in the in the quarterback position. Uh, here, I mean, you've got Lawrence, you've got Will. So we're gonna get in, into into all these guys coming up. By the way, yes, um, of but. But yeah, uh, so basically the way that this uh, this podcast is going to work is that every single week we're going to be focusing 
on a, on a different team. We're going to be working from the first overall pick down. So this episode, we're going to be starting with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Next mm-hmm. week, we're going to go with the Jets, and we're going to go uh, down the draft order from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, uh, so that's 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 what you guys can expect. Uh, we'll talk about NFL news. Uh, that's that's been going on in recent history. Yes. Uh, of course, we'll talk about free agency mm-hmm. and the head coaching wheel, which has already kind of happened. Yeah. Uh, as well as we'll do some trivia at the end of each episode. We'll yes. kind of ask each other questions uh, and see how that goes. So we mm-hmm. really hope that you guys enjoy it. And uh, with that, I mean, we might as well get into some NFL news here. Yeah. Uh, first, first up to bat. It's a Dak done deal in Dallas. Dak Prescott signs a four-year, $160 million contract. Very front-heavy, the largest signing bonus in NFL history. Dak, $75 million in his Dak first year. That is a lot of money. Like, ridiculous money. What's crazy to me is that Dak was asking for more money. Remember, he was asking for $50 million per year. But then I think Jerry was like, listen, you're the franchise guy. We're going to give you $75 million for a year, and then you'll make you know, all the rest later on. I mean, it's who loses that situation? Not 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 Dallas, not Dak. I, I don't suppose that, that, that you could consider yourself a loser here if you're Dak Prescott oh, no. and walking Big away winner. with seventy five million dollars after one oh. year. That's I, I mean just the way that these contracts have blown up in recent history, you've seen the, the Bryce Carper and Mar- uh, and Manny That's Machado right. deals uh, in the MLB, yes. and 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 you continue to see these super contracts. Pat Mahomes. Uh, yeah. Pat Mahomes is just another one, That's and I think Dak Prescott deserves it. Obviously, uh, I'm, I mean, not only to be leading uh, a NFL team, but to to be leading a franchise like such Dallas with such a storied yeah. history. Uh, obviously, such a reputation over the years in the NFL. And uh, you know you got to pay the man sometimes, and 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 he's he's shown that he that he deserves that for sure. Yeah, I so mean, I like it, especially a big thing for why it's a huge win for Cowboys. Um, it's actually this was cheaper uh, for this year to sign him to an extensive deal rather than tag him. And I think that's a big thing that people aren't really talking about as much is that this was a, a great great win for the Cowboys. Now, is Dak going to fix fix all your issues? No. You have a lot of issues on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. The Cowboys are way down the line. We'll have their exclusive episode when we get there. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of issues that uh, the Cowboys do need to fix. Uh, I mean, gosh, halfway through season, they were on pace to go the most points since the merger of the AFL and NFL. So the Cowboys' defense is atrocious. No other way of saying it. And I, I think if this team is going to find any success down the road, that it's got to start there. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the offense, I mean, you, I mean, I mean, now you've got Dak Prescott, you've got Zeke, you've got C.D. Lamb coming up. Yeah. And so I think that this offense should be fine going forward, and definitely, definitely going to be good for Cowboys fans to uh, to be seeing this new deal here. Yes. Um. So Matt, how about you? Uh, for our next little thing, uh, we should go over some of the biggest offseason moves that happened um, so far that um, that really changed the landscape of the NFL so far. Um, Matt Stafford to the Rams. What what do you think about that? 
I mean, Matt, uh, I've, it's definitely, obviously, a brand new uniform to be seeing Matt Stafford. Very, and, I mean, yeah. he's he's been one of those quarterbacks who you just got used to him being on that one team. Like, your yeah. identity, looking at him, just you see Matt Stafford and you think the Lions. You see Matt Ryan, you think the Falcons. You see Tom Brady, you think the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And now Matt Stafford is on the move and on his way to a new home. And, honestly, I think it's it's, it's better for both sides. Um, you know, I, I think that Matt Stafford will be happy to be getting a fresh start because, mm-hmm. I mean, he deserved so much better in Detroit for, for, the, for what he has given to that organization and, and what he has gotten out of it. I mean, they haven't even gone to the, the playoffs, have they? Uh, it, it's, it been, it's, been a, it's been a while, yeah. It's been a while since Stafford's been um, to the playoffs. Uh, but he he'll definitely make the playoffs with the Rams based on how the defense is. If the if their their loss of the defensive coordinator obviously doesn't affect them too much. Uh, Staley, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Staley. They lost. He's not a head coach of the Chargers. But the Rams gave up a pretty big fortune. They gave up a first round pick and a third round pick to afford with Stafford, and they gave away Goff. And because of Goff's big old contract, they added another first round pick. So the, the Rams would end up um, traded away 2020, 2021, 2022, and 2023 first-round picks to two teams, which is crazy to think about. You know, the team is a young team, but it's not getting younger any soon. Yeah, for the way sure. They're, the way they're really getting all the assets rid of. I mean, needless to say, the Lions really finessed this trade. I mean, yeah. I, mean I see Matt Stafford and Jared Goff as both, like, Decent caliber, obviously Matt Stafford being the better guy, but both being decent caliber starting quarterbacks. And for the Rams to give away two first-rounders and a third-rounder to to offload this guy, I I mean, it kind of just shows where it all went wrong down in Los Angeles with him from where he was a couple years ago being the first overall pick and, uh, you know, the L.A. Rams franchise hoping that uh, he would be their quarterback of the future. Yeah, it's crazy that you know everyone forgets golf first overall pick in 2016. Everybody forgets yeah. because because really after that, I mean you just really didn't hear a lot about him. He never blossomed into that into that uh, game changing quarterback that the Rams had had bargained that he would be. Yeah, and just it, didn't really do much. Yeah, and uh, going on from the first pick of 2016, we're going to the second pick of 2016. Carson Wentz traded to Indianapolis. He reunites with Frank Reich. Uh, the Colts gave up a conditional 2022 second-round pick, which will pro- most likely become a first-round pick next year, and a uh, this year third-round pick. I mean, and the Eagles do have to pay Wentz this year, so the Colts get Wentz for free. The Eagles oh are are in a tough situation. You there. had to do it though. Like you gotta just look at your offers. You're not getting a Stafford-like deal. So this is really the best they can do. And 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 they really did try because for a while the the rumors were going around about Carson Wentz and you know just nothing ever came of it and and I know I know that you and I were sitting around waiting for uh, you know, news that a deal was was found that Wentz found a new home, and you know the the, the time just kept going by and nothing happened, and so I, I guess it did really become apparent pretty quickly that that they weren't garnering the interest that Matt Stafford was, and mm-hmm. eventually they realized that they were going to have to cut their uh, cut losses here. Uh, you know, you just got you just got you know pick up what you got, take what you get, and just go home with it. I mean. And look, it's not uh, it's it's not all that bad in in terms of the quarterback situation for the Eagles because you did have to cut your losses on a guy that you had a lot of confidence in, uh, you know, uh, in in years past. But you've got a good replacement now in Jalen Hurts, and you've mm-hmm. got somebody who's who's shown you that 
that you know they've got what it takes to uh, to to bring this Eagles franchise to where it needs to be as well. Yeah. Um, and and obviously it works out great for Carson Wentz because now he's got a great new home in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, I think I think it could be a big chance for Carson to take advantage of the Colt uh, Colt situation. I think the Colts are with Carson Wentz. I think Carson's going to have a, a solid resurgence. I don't think he's not going back to MVP form anytime soon. No, he but he will still have a pretty good year, I I expect. And the Colts, I mean, you're looking at the AFC South. I mean, they're locked in at the number two spot for the AFC South. I mean, yeah, if, if as long yeah. as you can find any semblance of of what Carson Wentz was in his rookie year, mm-hmm. then I think that the Colts will be just fine because you see they're 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 developing a lot of offense around him too. I mean, you see the emergence of Jonathan Taylor now. Yeah. Um, and so I think that Carson Wentz has got everything he needs over there and I think just uh, above all else he's got a fresh start somewhere where he can try to start moving on from from that torn ACL injury obviously that affected Mm -hmm. his career Uh, can move on from just all the drama that happened with with the money situation the front office and all that Pearson yeah they they didn't talk and what's surprising to me like when you hear something like oh yeah your quarterback and your head coach don't talk and then they're both gone and the fact that Howie Roseman the GM of the Eagles is still there it's kind of frightening, especially if, as for me a Jags fan. We just got rid of Dave Caldwell, and you don't want GMs that do bad mistakes to stay too long. And the fact that they still have Roseman means they're probably giving him one last year to prove himself. I suppose so. It's, I suppose. So. I mean, a, oh, it's a weird situation. Really deplorable. I mean, I mean, just shows the state of a franchise when your head coach and your quarterback don't yeah. even speak for months on end. I mean, how bad can the issues be at that point? You know. Oh. Like, like it, you just your team can't function. You're you're the leader of your team and the coach of the team. And if they don't talk, it's all gonna crumble. So. Baffles me how that happens. Yeah. And then of course the an, another big offseason move that came more recently: J.J. Watt signing to the Arizona Cardinals. And this definitely shakes up a lot. It is. It's very interesting to see how. I mean, I I called it um, when we were. Uh, doing a little practice runs and uh, conversations, people. I, I said J.J. Watt might go to the Cardinals. I mean, he's got friends. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, he's good he buddies has, with Chandler He does Jones. have friends over there. And not only that, but he has an offense that uh, that is very potent and very up on the rise. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Kyler Murray blossoming into a phenomenal quarterback and DeAndre Hopkins being DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. And now you've got a force on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that that's going to make a big difference because, I mean, if you have that elite rusher, I think I think that already you start to generate a little bit of pressure, which mm-hmm. can really change uh, the game on that side of the ball and help uh, help the offense uh, be in a better position going forward. Yeah, I mean, it's J.J. Watt. He's a little older now, but he's still going to put he's got, I think he's, he's going to be recognition. I think he's got at least a couple more years left yeah. where he can continue to make a significant impact on the football field. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for me, though, I love Watt. I, I don't see how the Cardinals can like truly, truly improve, especially that they didn't tag Hassan Reddick and Kelvin Beecham, who was pretty solid for them last year, that they're going to walk. Uh, it's a cool thing. It's nice for J.J. Watt to be out of Houston. I don't see the Cardinals truly like significantly improving. Like, oh, they're suddenly going to be ten, six, eleven, five. You know, I see them in the same spot as last year, and and it, so it just doesn't impact me as much as a lot of people say it is. But I think it's just name recognition at this point. That's for sure. That's for sure. And 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 I mean, obviously, the Cardinals not done yet, and I think that they still have a big opportunity to improve. Uh, the either the offensive or the defensive side of the ball further through this draft. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I think they're sitting at the 15 overall pick right now or 14. Uh, they're somewhere sit- in that. They're region. sitting at uh, 17th. 
17th, mm -hmm. somewhere around there. And uh, I know that the name Kyle 16th, Pitts has been 16th. floated a lot when it comes to uh, when it comes to their pick. Mm -hmm. uh, so definitely, definitely waiting to see what happens there. And the Cardinals are an exciting franchise, though. They're getting they're getting fun to watch. Yeah, um, they're definitely a fun team. I mean, when I watch them, they look like um, they just look like Texas Tech, but a little bit better. I mean, with the 16th pick, you may get Car uh, you may get Kyle Pitts falling there, but it's a lot of speculation. You got a lot of time, a lot of picks that are in front of you. But this J.J. Watt signing uh, makes Cardinals fan happy, but makes this certain fella in the NFC West a little mad. Russell Wilson, the big thing why he wants to leave Seattle is because he doesn't have protection, and also because Scott Myers not there, Scottenheimer ain't there no more. And now you see J.J. Watt to the Cardinals, adding more fuel to the fire for Russell. Is the does Chef Russ? Want I'm sure he's not looking oh, forward to seeing JJ Watt on the other side of that line of scrimmage two times a year. Oh, I'll tell you that. It's <laughs> oh man, I, Russ. Russ is a very interesting case. Um, he he. I mean, he's a stud. We all know he's one of the best consistent quarterbacks in the league. Mm -hmm. uh, really, it's just his O line is never the best. The defense is nowhere close to the Legion of Boom where it used to be. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so it's a weird situation. I personally don't think Russ will get traded because I think Seattle's going to rely on rely on him too heavy, and they'll figure out a way to trade for an offensive lineman or something. Mm -hmm. So I, I really I think it's just you know noise and frantic you know Seattle fans and rumors going around. I think. I mean, I don't, I can see Russ get traded, but just not this offseason. Maybe maybe next year. I don't see it yet. I would be very surprised to to, to see a trade happen from uh, with with Russell Wilson. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's another one of those quarterbacks who who you, you you just it's hard for you to see him in any other jersey. And I know yeah. I was saying that for so long before Tom Brady went to Tampa. Like I I just kept looking at it and I was like I cannot see him wearing any other jersey. And then to be a Buccaneer, but um, and then win it, and then win the Super, Bowl. and then win the Super Bowl. Something. I, I mean, Ugh. what do I even say about that? Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, and I hate to say it as a Jets fan, but it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you know, there's another quarterback uh, that's been you know having fumes with the other with their his franchise. I feel Deshaun, like even more so. <laughs> Deshaun, oh my God, Deshaun Watson. I, I'm putting money down that he's going to be in a New Jersey this season. I think he will be traded maybe on draft day or maybe around next week when uh, free agency opens up. Uh, the anti-tampering period, I think, starts on, like, March 15th, mm -hmm. and today is the 10th as of recording. So uh, it, this is the time where Deshaun Watson is should be the focal point of a lot of sports networks and a lot of uh, football-based podcasts. Um, he really should be, and I, I I feel like that the the talk around him has started to die down uh, over recent days, and I don't know why it is because he's still just as as, as prominent right now in terms of NFL, um, you know, players that are going to be available to teams yeah. looking to looking to bolster their offenses. Uh, I mean, just the fallout that he's been having with the organization, it's it's tough to watch because he deserves to be treated a lot better down there, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't think that the front office has given him the respect that he deserves. No, I mean, it's crazy how Houston's handled it. I mean, Deshaun's all about Eric Bieniemy. get me Bieniemy, And, you know, the Texans hired a, a, an agency to look for a coach. And the agency rumors have that the agency was all about Eric Bieniemy too, and the Texans were like, "Listen, we we don't want Bieniemy." So they they took um, they took uh, Colin, 
who was the former defensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. And Deshaun's not too happy. He doesn't. He's not picking up calls with the Texans. He's completely ignoring them. And I think it's because it's died down because we're hearing the exact same thing over and over again for the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. It's just mm-hmm. the same stuff, nothing new. Um, just general yeah. trade rumors to all these other teams. I'm seeing uh, trade rumors to the 49ers. I'm seeing tech, uh, Cardinals rumors. Oh, David Coley. David Coley is the head coach of those Texans. I'm so sorry, folks. Uh, Colin is, um, I think, the Jags D coordinator now. So it's all right. It's all yeah. Right. We'll 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 get it down. But Sean Watson definitely an interesting oh. story. And man, I I'm excited to see where he ends up because I'm pretty sure it's not going to be Houston. Yeah. I don't think he's gonna. I, I don't think he suits up for Houston if they don't trade him. I I, I don't see why uh, he yeah. does. I mean, I'm, that would be more disrespectful. Yeah, we'll like uh, we will get more in depth with the situation. We'll have a bigger better summary in two weeks when it will be the Texans slash Dolphins episode for the third for the third episode. Um, but other than that, I think we should go to break, and then we can talk about uh, my Jacksonville Jaguars and see what they have to do. And I think you and I are both very much looking forward to talking about uh, this Jacksonville franchise. Oh, yeah. First overall pick, we won't spoil it for you, wink, wink, <laughs> even though you probably know who it is. Yeah. We'll reveal that to you in just a second. We'll go to break. All right, and we are back, and it is time to talk Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... Where I mean, where do we start? The first overall pick. The, yeah. Is this their first ever first it's, overall this pick? This is the first time the Jags have ever gotten the first overall pick. The closest time we ever had it was it was a coin toss between us and Carolina when we were the new franchises in the NFL back in 1995. They flipped the coin. Panthers won, so the Panthers got the first pick. But the Jags go one in fifteen. After winning Win their the first, first game, game, by the way, yes. that that made me so angry to see that that you guys were one and zero after a week and then lose fifteen straight. Yeah, and uh, we and we couldn't even cross the finish line. This should have been our pick. We should have been talking about the Jets right now. You and I both know listen that. Listen here, buddy. You y'all beat two playoff teams that went to the divisional rounds in their respective conferences. I mean, who knows? Maybe just the Jets are that good. Maybe Sam Darnold's good. Maybe you shouldn't go Zach Wilson or Justin Fields' second overall pick. You should go Rayshon Slater or something. Like that. <laughs> that sounds like a phenomenal idea. Um, Slater's I mean, good. No disrespect to Slater. Slater is a phenomenal. He's O-line number two for me. But, but he is O-line to. number two, but not we, number yeah. one. I mean, <laughs> who knows where Slater will go, but we all know who's going number one. It and is, we do. What a what a great time is, to be having that first uh, overall pick. It is sunshine from Remember the Titans. It is football Jesus. It is the Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson, six foot six, beast of a beast of a quarterback. I personally played against him. Oh man, all the way back in August of two thousand and seventeen, I played against him That's at insane. Cartersville, Georgia. Oh, we. Yeah, I watched highlights of it recently, and this guy on the run, just poison the pocket. Even when the pocket collapses, this guy is just the best talent on any sport on any level I've ever I've ever witnessed. And I've been to a lot of games, a lot of college, a lot of hockey, a lot of baseball. It, nothing compares to what Trevor Lawrence performed against us during that game. That is ultimate praise right there. He, oh my, it's. It's just insane, and the fact that we almost beat him. We we tied it up uh, pretty late at uh, 45, and then they scored on their last drive, and we couldn't get it done on our final drive. But uh, 
families were telling uh, my parents and other other parents for Bartram, and they were like, "Yeah, this is the first time in the regular season that Trevor Lawrence played in the second half." That's and crazy. We, the fact that we almost beat him in four quarters was insane. But I mean, what can we say about Trevor Lawrence in college? I mean, as, as a freshman, he, he leads, seems to leads have him. continued everything that he did in high school. And I mean, he's 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 had this praise from the very beginning. And college, obviously, nothing changed as he was just an absolute winner yeah. at Clemson, uh, national champion freshman year. He was second in um, he was second in Heisman voting this past year. He's literally got it all, and, and I, I, I really can't find a lot of bad things to say about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, may, I mean, pretty much the worst thing I can say about him is that he went to Clemson. Go Knowles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it, though. And yeah. and what a w- there there is not a better time for the Jacksonville Jaguars to be having uh, their first ever first overall pick because this guy is probably as great of a quarterback prospect as, as has ever been in this NFL draft. I, I mean, would say. I mean, when you're in the conversation with Peyton Manning, John Elway, and Andrew Luck, that's kind of a really good company of quarterbacks. I mean, certainly, and 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 I mean, those the, those comparisons really are valid because he he shows a lot of those same characteristics that those guys do. I mean, he's got he he has the ability to move outside the pocket, but he is just definitely very very poised within it and mm. just able to make plays on such a consistent level. Yeah, uh, I mean. I mean, he threw for 3,100 yards, 24 touchdowns, five interceptions this past season. And it wasn't even like like a particularly good season for him. That was the crazy thing. I mean, yeah. I mean, on field, it doesn't really he doesn't really wow you in terms of like how it is. He he's steady. He just makes steady throws. You know, he make he throws he throws them bombs. I mean, if you watch the pro day, you, you know. Kid's got a cannon. He threw that. I, I remember that that one pass that he threw 60 yards downfield on a dime on the run, scrambling outside the pocket. And it was at that point that I was like, "All right, this isn't even fair. Yeah, like this is this is not going to go well for us. I don't want to see this guy." And I mean, you were saying, I mean, he's he's not necessarily the flashiest player out there. He doesn't make ama- uh, necessarily amazing plays. He's just consistent and he gets it done, which is honestly exactly what you need. Uh, if you're trying to start mo- just moving in the right direction as Jacksonville, you just need somebody who you can rely on yeah. first and foremost. I mean, look at the other quarterbacks the Jags drafted in the first round. Blake Bortles was a third overall pick. Blaine Gabbert. Uh, it hasn't been pretty. And then giving, it has to turn around here, I feel. Giving Nick Foles the biggest contract in Jags history. Um, it's. It, I think it's – the. I mean, Jags fan base, we're all happy. We're, we're just so excited that we actually have – a guy that we can build around that we truly trust. We truly trust that he can lead us to the promised land. Uh, play-wise, he's a leader. He's a winner. Financial-wise, Jags are about to make a whole lot of money for being one of the smallest markets in the NFL. Oh, they really are. Uh, I mean, not, o- not only are Jacksonville fans already one of the most passionate in the NFL, in my opinion, <laughs> but now you've got a guy who's going to be bringing in revenue. Yeah. Uh, and you're definitely going to have to pay him a decent bit, but hey, it's going to be worth it. Every penny is Every worth penny it. will be worth it. Okay, yeah, and I'm going to interrupt you. Shout out to Tim Rodriguez of the Suns Out Fins Up podcast. This man says the Jags should trade away the first overall pick for Russell Wilson, Jamal Adams, and two first-round picks. Now, and when I'm did t- this man say that? He told me uh, last night over text. And I, Jesus and I'm Christ. Telling you, I'm telling everyone right now. 
Jags fans will burn the city down. We don't care if we trade for Pat Mahomes miraculously. It's Trevor Lawrence or not, or the city burns and Shad Khan's head will be on pikes. That's just how the Jags fans are right now. My brother already has a Trevor Lawrence jersey that he got off a bootleg Chinese company. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. That, I mean, but you got to realize that's the aura that everyone sees Trevor Lawrence in, in the in the black and teal next year. I I I would kind of agree with you there. I I would not think that Jacksonville fans are satisfied with anything less than than finally getting their hands on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. I mean, look, Russell Wilson, Jamal Adams. I mean, that's nice, but this is again just a generational opportunity yeah. to lock down. Uh, a, a phenomenal quarterback for the next decade at least. Yeah. yeah. I just don't see how you can say no to that opportunity, you know? Yeah, I um, everyone's trying to make speculations. Like, oh, Jags should trade or Jags should move. But I feel like, especially noise within the Jags franchise, it's pretty obvious that we know who the first overall pick is. It will be Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Um, but more speculation for the Jags is the 25th pick because we really don't know what we're going to do. Do we get some guy for the offense to really complement Trevor Lawrence's game, like an offensive lineman, so we don't have a Joe Burrow situation? Or do we address the defense? Because, God darn it, our defense was terrible this year. And that would be the question. Obviously, the Jags with another first-round pick uh, from the L.A. Rams at number 25. Mm-hmm. And we've seen we've, we've seen a number of different rumors on how they can go because we have said that the offensive line is something that needs addressing, and it is. Yeah. Um, we've talked about how the defense is something that needs to be addressed, and it also is. Uh, we've even mm-hmm. talked about uh, the tight end position. We've talked about the front mm-hmm. seven. I mean, there are just so many ways that you can go uh, with this pick, and it really just... It, the, the question is really just where do uh, the Jaguars want to start when it comes to building their way up to the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, for me as a Jags fan, um, knowing who we can get later, I feel like that um, with the 25th pick we should try to go defense. Preferably I, I want to go like defensive back. Um, I've been A lot of people are saying Trevon Morig will go 25 to the Jags, and I'm happy with it. I mean, he's a 6'2 safety. Uh, shows pure athleticism, and he just runs up and down the field as what I've seen on the film. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like his game. I think a lot of Jags fans would be really happy with that. Um, last time we drafted a safety that high was Jonathan Cyprian out of Florida International University. Mm. He was okay. And then he was okay. And then he was the safety before Tashawn Gibson and Barry Church came along where Saxonville was born. Um, and also, I mean, we could go D-line if we want sacks. Christian Barmore might be there. Uh, preferably uh, interior D-linemen, not the edge rushers. Mm-hmm. You know, with uh, Josh Allen and Clavon Chase on, you yep. know, controlling the outside. So I feel like that's what they should do. But uh, do, you, do you see the Jags going anywhere else on an outsider perspective? Well, I feel like above all else, I mean, we, we've talked about this uh, in the past, you and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... With, with all these generational quarterbacks that are starting to make their way into the NFL, I mean, Joe Burrow being one uh, from just last year, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that a lot of teams are starting to uh, recognize the importance of keeping that quarterback position safe and really uh, investing in, uh, in an offensive line that is going to make sure that he doesn't get injured like, a, yeah. oh, say, Joe Burrow, uh, season-ending injury. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I mean, especially when you're dealing with a guy as valuable as Trevor Lawrence and someone who... Who uh, obviously, I mean, the hype is there in Jacksonville, and it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah. And I feel like with that, I mean, you need to make sure as a franchise that this guy doesn't get hurt. 
especially um, after the tags, the franchise tags were set uh, yesterday. It was not a good day for Jags fans in terms of, um, especially for the O-line. Uh, Brandon Scherf was uh, one of the top guys that were tagged for the Redskins. Uh, we were most likely not going to get him, but uh, who was it? Taylor Moten was tagged. We have uh, just, uh, Justin Simmons, who was a safety, got tagged. It, I mean, it really hurts when you really look. The Jags were forced to uh, franchise tag uh, Cam Robinson. I mean, I don't like the idea of Cam Robinson being a top five paid player on the Jags right now, but I feel like we just we got to solidify the offensive line at any point. So, I, feel, I feel like you guys were in a difficult situation yeah. there where, where I mean, the guys that you wanted obviously weren't there, and the, and the Jags kind of just had to settle and say, all right, next best thing now, let's lock down this big contract. We have this guy who, who you know, we think should be making better production at the offensive line, and so let's lock him up. And I think that's a good yeah, thing. We're getting, yeah, we get one year. He gets a one-year prove-it year. Um, but the Jags, I think they need to address, at least with their first three picks, they got to go O-line because of how dry the offensive tackle um, net, uh, the market this year will be. I mean, it's only Trent Williams, but Trent Williams will probably be going back to um, San Fran and then Kelvin Beecham. Uh, who was a former Jaguar, uh, he's probably going to get bigger money somewhere else, even mm-hmm. though Jags do have the most cap space. So I think the Jags should try to target guys like Jalen Mayfield, Tevin Jenkins, Samuel Cosby's been a name that's been tossed around for the entire draft process. You've so seen Alex, uh, uh, the, the draft stocks of both Alex Leatherwood and um, Liam Eikenberg both falling in, in, in weeks past. Yeah, so um, I feel like the Jags got to really address O-line early uh, just to be safe and especially to address how the market is so dry. Um, Definitely. I mean, instead of protecting, do you think the Jags will go find some weapons and with the with day two uh, in the second or third round uh, for uh, Trevor Lawrence to toss the ball to? I think they very well could, and there's a lot of interesting guys that that come into play when you get down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could look uh, at at a running back position, for example, even though I feel like it's not a big position where they need to address. No, uh, but James I see, the guy. Yeah. I, I think James Robinson is probably the guy going forward, but you could go with a guy like Javante Williams if you wanted to, somebody who did start to prove himself a little bit at UNC this yeah. year. Um, but, I mean, also I see guys uh, like Rondale Moore, I see guys like Elijah Moore, mm-hmm. um, who, who you can pick up in that second round. Uh, but I honestly, I think that the Jags have a number of solid weapons already. Um, yeah. You know, young, fast guys. I mean, you've got DJ Chark, you've got Keelan Cole. Uh, and I, I don't mm-hmm. think that wide receiver is most uh, necessarily like the most important position to address right now, uh, at least in in, uh, in the second round, because you've still got valuable picks there. Yeah. Uh, the Jags have the 33rd and 45th picks in the second round. And um, for, for, for how I see it, the Jags hired um, the Penn State uh, tight end coach um, this past season. Uh, was it during the whole thing, Tyler Bowen, who was at Penn State? So a lot of uh, sites and Jag fans have assumed that oh, we're going to try to get Pat Fryermuth, who's that would obviously make, that would make sense. I mean, he's tied at number two in this draft. Obviously, Kyle Pitts number one. Mm-hmm. Pitts is going to go too early for the Jags to try to do anything unless they trade up. But I feel like um, Pat Fryermuth is going to be the big question: Do the Jags take him at thirty-three, or do they risk him falling to forty-five and? then they can pick him up and look like geniuses. Um, I mean, when it comes to guys falling in the draft, the Jags are pretty lucky with it. Miles Jack's one of the greatest examples. We got him for the second round. Um, that's kind of the big things I say. I mean, if you want to go receiver, I love Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, and I feel like he's finally getting the respect 
Mm-hmm. Look at the other pass, Ole Miss wide receivers, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. So Yes, sir. Uh, it. I mean, you could also go guys like Andre Sisco, you could, uh, Tyson Campbell, Sean Wade, Eric Stokes, who just ran. Eric Stokes uh, just ran a four two or four point two forty recently. Ridiculous. I mean, so the Jags. I feel like the Jags. We know what we want. It's all about putting the pieces in the certain order that we want to get. And I think that certainly when it comes to this draft, I think that they've they've got. Uh, their most important picks, and then they've got uh, the picks with, which are a little more open-ended. But, yeah. uh, you know, definitely, uh, for, for example, first overall, obviously a lock. Uh, mm-hmm. 25, I think they have a general idea of where they're going to go here. They have a couple of options, obviously, based on what's available. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, I, I think that they should know what they want to do, and in my opinion that would be to invest in an offensive lineman that's going to protect Trevor. Um, but yeah, no, it does become a lot more open-ended on day two, just considering how many holes they have to fill. Yeah. Um, but I think that also gives you a lot of flexibility, which I think is also a really good thing. You can look for guys who are dropping in the draft. Um, and, and as we've seen the Jags do in years past, look for those guys. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think that they're in a really good position with this draft, mm-hmm. obviously sitting with a lot of draft picks, and I'm just really yeah. excited to see what they do. I mean, for Jacks fans, we'll have a better understanding on who our true target's going to be probably after um, after free agency when we get all the big big names in certain positions like Pat Fryermuth may no longer be an option if we get Johnny Smith or something like that. So it's the draft for the Jags. we got to be a little more patient to truly find out who's going to be taken with Trevor Lawrence. I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. So we are going to go to break real quick, but when we get back, we're going to be talking about the front office situation in Jacksonville. What does Urban Meyer bring to the franchise? Yeah, whole whole new regime. A whole new regime, regime change. Top to bottom. And it looks pretty fun to me. And, of course, uh, Trent Balky as a general manager now. Is this going to be a step forwards or backwards for Jacksonville? We're going to answer all these questions in just a second. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. All right, we are back with you guys, and and, and uh, I mean, when it comes to the front office, we are looking at an entire regime change here. Yes. Uh, I yeah. mean, the Jaguars have tried to start to move on and, and create a new image, start to move, uh, begin anew, and the front office was no different here. Yeah. Uh, from the top oh, wow. down, really. I mean, we can start with the head coaching position, and former Ohio State head coach Urban Meyer is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And this is a really, really interesting hire, and this is going to be fun, I think. Yeah, uh, man, uh, I'm, I'm excited. Though. I'm excited uh, to see what's going to happen with with Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. A lot of, a lot of Jags fans were very uh, speculative of it, and you know it makes sense. But I mean, look, just the success he had at Bowling Green, Utah, Florida. And then Ohio State, three national championships, 85% win percentage. I mean, this guy just, he dominates everywhere he goes in terms of coaching. But, I mean, this is a totally new level for him, obviously. I mean, college college has its own standards. I mean, players play for four years. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and, I mean, you can get kind of used to the way that that works. But, I mean, we are looking at a whole new ballgame when it comes to a league as deep as the NFL. Yeah. Uh, and 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 I mean, everyone has to wonder if if the success is going to transfer over. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a weird thing, especially as culture. Will his culture translate from college to NFL? And that's I think that's just one of the bigger question marks. The biggest question mark, in my opinion, is of course his health. Uh, because of his health and stress, 
uh, due to losing. He was forced out not once but twice from Florida and Ohio State. And a lot of Jags fans and um, analysts are kind of concerned about it due to Jags. Ha- it, it, will it happen again with the Jaguars where Urban Meyer can't handle the losing and he just quits? I would like yeah. to think that that he can handle that out of the gate. I think that I think you have so. to. I think that as Urban Meyer, you have to be realistic about what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. And I would certainly hope that he's had this conversation with himself and said that this is a whole new chapter of coaching. This is a whole new ball game. Uh, than college, no matter how successful you were in college, you cannot guarantee that it's going to transfer over. Yeah. Uh, because I mean, I mean, obviously, just a whole, whole, whole new league, and so I think that he's going to have to accept the fact that he's going to have to deal with loss. I think yes. the Jags fans are going to have to accept the fact that there's going to be loss mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning. I think that he has to trust that as he gets used to it and molds into. Uh, in an NFL coaching job, that he will be able to get it because I think that he will be able to transfer that culture that you were talking about over. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that that's the sort of thing that isn't just exclusive to college or the NFL. If you, if, if you create that culture in your locker room, if you do it in college, I think you can do it in the NFL. Yeah. And I think that he has to be firm in making sure that he is promoting that winning culture because everybody needs to buy into this. Um, yeah, I mean... Urban Meyer, he's either going to end up being Pete Carroll or he's going to be Nick Saban in the NFL. And there's no in-between on how he's going to perform. I hope for Pete Carroll. Um, I think a big thing about a lot of people aren't talking about, about Urban is that he's handled some pretty rough situations. I mean, 2006-2008 National Championship winning Florida teams. You had Tim Tebow, you know, a huge Christian guy, lead, just a whole squad of felons. And Titus O'Neill, shout out to Titus. That O'Neal. will forever be one of the most interesting college football teams ever. Yeah, and then he goes to Ohio State and he deals with the uh, the Zach Smith um, domestic abuse uh, incident, and so he's he's dealt with rough patches before, and maybe those had a big influence on his health. And who knows, maybe the Jags situation can be void of it. I mean, Tom Coughlin ain't there no more. Um, Telvin Smith is no longer with the team, and he got in big trouble with growing marijuana and then um, <laughs> under uh, having relationships with an underage girl uh, popped up, I think, like two or three months ago. So hopefully this is a more cleaner, I think is a good term, cleaner uh, organization for Urban Meyer to succeed. That would definitely help. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's tough to keep your head when, when, when your entire career is just shrouded in, in controversy surrounding, uh, surrounding the people around you. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I mean, obviously, uh, you know, having these, have, having these PR issues is never a good thing for any franchise, let alone coach. <laughs> and so hopefully, um, the Jaguars can keep their, uh, their stuff together here. And, uh, and you know, just just steer clear of all the drama because yeah. it, it's all again just going to get in the way of what they want to do. And how do they start that off by hiring Chris Doyle as a strength and conditioning coach? Um, if you don't know who Chris Doyle is, I'm an Iowa Hawkeyes fan. Uh, my dad's side of family is from the great state of Iowa, where I was born and raised to be a fan of the Iowa Hawkeyes, and I will continue to cheer for him. And Chris Doyle was the former strength coach for the Jag uh, for the Hawkeyes. And um, he was one of his best. I mean, he made quarterbacks in the D-linemen. Shout out to Parker Hesse. One of the craziest um, examples of how built he can make make the uh, make these college kids. And um, due to uh, after the big BLM protests that were starting off in the summer, a lot of former 
uh, Iowa players were noting uh, racial allegations towards Chris Doyle, and based on the amount of like talent and namesakes um, from uh, University of Iowa, and I, I won't say the names uh, live, uh, they uh, University of Iowa was like, yeah, you gotta go, man. You're fired. You gotta get out of here. And Urban Meyer said, you know what? That doesn't matter. We'll hire him. You know, Jacksonville's just you know one of the bigger African American communities in the state of Florida. We'll hire. We'll hire him. He's a great guy. Thank God Chris Doyle resigned. Four that ends later. it pretty quickly. That ends it pretty. And and thank God it did. Yes. Uh, and and I I think that it, that a big part of that was knowing that uh, that this was going to uh, create. Uh, the distractions that this team doesn't yes. need. Urban Meyer actually came out and said this yeah, uh, on yeah, Tuesday, yeah, yeah. Uh, brought it his concerns about the disruption that the hiring would cause uh, to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, I, I mean, right on the nose with what we were saying before because, you know, he's dealt with a lot of these controversies in the past, and I think that he saw that this could have been another one here. I mean, obviously, I mean, we, we, we see racial injustice being talked about more than ever today. Yeah. And and I mean anything any anything that that remotely relates to the headline is obviously going to gain traction. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, something that you don't want around your team, not only for the PR but just for the fact that you want to make sure that the players on the team uh, all trust that 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 they are being looked after in in, in terms of these mm-hmm. issues. Uh, so I think definitely a very good thing there, and but not a great start to, uh, no, to the yeah coaching career here of Urban Meyer. Well, I mean, uh, it's a little rough around the hedges with that. I mean, Chris Doyle is a phenomenal um, coach in terms of getting guys stronger, but in terms of a person, in twenty twenty one, you can't have that. Yeah, he, that's the problem. He, yeah, he he can go, he can get out of here. <laughs> but I mean, outside of that hire, the Jags hires are I kind of like them. I I kind of like how the Jags formed up. We'll start with the offensive side of the ball. We have Daryl Bevel. Who was the offense coordinator? He was uh, the interim head coach for the uh, Jaguar or for the, the Lions, mm-hmm. and he was the offense coordinator under Matt Stafford. And I think that's a good talent to really teach Trevor Lawrence uh, really the ropes, as well as passing game coordinator Brian Scottenheimer. We mentioned him earlier with the Russell Wilson incident. He was fired. Who was the who was the offense coordinator at the time, and now he's down to Jacksonville. And. It, it's a pretty it's a it's a high quality uh, list for the offensive guys. Nothing they did a pretty good job, uh, in my opinion, rounding out this coaching staff. I mean, you yeah. look at a guy like Daryl Bevel who brings in a lot of uh, a, a lot of stuff on his resume, mm-hmm. uh, having coached two first team AP All Pros, seventeen Pro Bowl selections, obviously having three division titles, two conference titles, and a Super Bowl under his belt. Twenty one years of experience, and I think that this is uh, again a guy a guy that you need going forward. You need somebody that you can rely on. We said that with Trevor Lawrence, and I'm going to say it with the coaching staff. Um, Daryl Bevel is somebody who I think that the Jaguars can trust on offense, someone who's had uh, experience building up guys like Matt Stafford, as you said, and, you know, what a, I mean, not a lot of better guys out there, in my opinion, for developing Trevor Lawrence, at least out of the options they had. Yeah, it's um, it's what we have to do. Um, I, feel like, I feel like this is just a good hire. We really got, like, the first choice that some guys uh, to really bring in. And I feel like this can be the beginning of a, a truly talented offense for the Jaguars to come. Switching to the defense, uh, mentioned him earlier on accident, Joe Cullen, defensive coordinator for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He was he has coaching experience with the Jaguars uh, previously, 
Uh, he was with the Baltimore Ravens most recently, but now he is the coordinator for the Jaguars. And there's some no, there's more notable names on um, oh on uh, this the list of uh, the defensive guys. Charlie Strong, former head coach of USF in Texas, mm. is a, a, a interior linebackers coach. Uh, Chris Ash, who was a big name going across all uh, NCAA football, you know he's the safeties and defensive backs coach. Uh, Zachary Orr, the outside linebackers coach. So they have a pretty, pretty decent collection of defensive guys. Um, they don't impress me as much as the offense, but the, there's still some good, good guys I really trust. I really like Tim Walton. Uh, I, I feel like he's he has a really good eye on how corners should act up. Patrick Wiley, uh, Patrick Riley. I'm sorry, knows his game, knows about the defensive game. So I feel like the, it was a pretty good set for the Jaguars to get defensively. The defense will struggle. But that's how it is. Matt, how do you feel about these hires? I mean, it, it all looks good to me. I mean, again, you bring in a guy with experience in Joe Cullen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't suppose he did all that bad of a job in Baltimore, having coached five Pro Bowl selections of his own. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the Ravens' defense led the NFL in total defense. Yeah, they so, did this I mean, year. There you go. And obviously, have uh, having some experience with the Jacksonville Jaguars probably played a little bit into it. Oh, you yeah, know, coming, sure. coming back to some place that he was before. Think it's a good thing, and uh, so you know, I, I I don't think that anything particularly wows me here either, um, but I think that they're taking the steps that they need to, and I mean that's all you can really do. Yeah, um, I'm very I'm very intrigued that Charlie Strong is on the NFL. He was a former coach with Urban Meyer in Florida, and now he's now they're back together in Jacksonville. So I'd love very, to see it. Very intriguing to see what Charlie Strong has to do with the NFL. And then at the top, we've got Trent Balk. Uh, how do you how do you say this name anyway? It, it's Balk. Balk. It, it, okay. Yeah. Balk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trent Balk, the general manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, uh, having been the executive and general manager of the 49ers in the past, uh, yep. I, f- I feel like you would know a little bit more about this being a Jaguars fan, following the news a little more. What do you think of this hire? It's such a huge step backwards. The- like it looked, mer- the coaching staff very interesting, and then you go to the executive and the head, head honcho Trent Bulk. I mean, 2011, 2016 San Francisco football shouldn't really. It doesn't wow anyone. It, it, a lot of mismanaged um, contracts under uh, Trent Bulk. Um, the Niners just couldn't get themselves going under him, and then he goes uh, works with the NFL, and then he goes to Jacksonville to become the player person, director of player personnel, and then. Caldwell got fired, so he became the interim. And for some reason, uh, the Jags trust him enough that we will go and take him um, to make him the general manager. There uh, you go. Yeah, so. Ooh. I mean, look, I'm uh, obviously uh, Balk's uh, coaching ex- or managerial experience hasn't really wowed anyone, but we have seen that it's gone pretty well between uh, between Trent Balk and Urban Meyer so far. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, they've both spoken about the fact that the communication between them has been really seamless uh, so far. They've seen, they've seemed to hit it off. And I mean, I suppose that that, that fares well for Jacksonville going forward. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, crucial to have good relationships between the front office and the coaching staff. And so, you know, hopefully, uh, obviously, we didn't we didn't really like what he did in San Francisco. But hopefully, uh, for you guys at least, you guys have turned it around. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had one good year, uh, the thirteen three, uh, Colin Kaepernick team. But other than that. Has been nothing. He hired Chip Kelly to be the head coach of the Niners at one point. Um, hope I mean we can't really judge him though. We can only judge him on his past. Um, we'll judge him how he handles free agency in one week. Uh, so 
I, I'm not a big fan of him, but who knows? It's not Dave Caldwell, thank God. We finally got rid of him. There you go. Hey, so... Yeah. I feel like fate's all you can have at this point. And uh, so yeah. we'll actually talk about free agency for a little bit in a moment. And then we'll actually be getting into the closing segments of this. Mm-hmm. And we'll go into some more recent news. And we will go into our weekly trivia segment as well. Mm-hmm. We'll be getting into all that in just a moment. All right. And we are back. And it is time to talk free agency for these Jacksonville Jaguars. And you're looking at $82 million in cap space here. Mm-hmm. Uh, most in the NFL by a long shot. Well, not by as much now with the uh, change to the cap space recently, but yeah. still sitting with a lot of money here and a lot of potential players to use it on. Logan, who do you see as a, some potential uh, targets who they should go for? Well, I think I mentioned this earlier. Um, uh, the last two days with the with the franchise tags really messed the Jags situation up. I mean, a lot of the Jaguars' top targets and much needed positions are now locked up, and if we want to get them, we have to pay a hefty price. Um, so it's it's very weird. Also, and that that forced us to tag Cam Robinson, uh, which takes like about nine or ten million dollars out of our cap. So yeah, now we only have our lead for most in the most in the NFL is like by four million. So it's not that big of a you know, it's not that big, but there's some guys that the Jags can still target. Um, Kenny Galladay is probably the number one receiver that we can target for in free agency. I was surprised that he didn't get tagged there. I, I, was, I was very much expecting that to happen, Kenny was, Galladay. Yeah, I was more surprised that Kenny Galladay got tagged than Allen Robinson, and then Allen Robinson got tagged. It's For me, Robinson, I did not see the Bears actually – tagging them unless they really believe they can get Deshaun or Russell Wilson in some sort of trade. And rumors are they're, they're offering they're offering the boat of draft picks to them. But for the Jaguars, they're still, I mean, tackle is dry. Uh, it's only Trent Williams who didn't have good comments for about Trevor Lawrence, but I don't think that's really going to mean anything. So you got to look to, uh, if you're looking at the guys who replace Leonard Williams, you got Leonard Floyd. Uh, you know, he's a former Florida guy. America uh, for has corners, fostered a free indexing. We have Patrick Peterson. Uh, for safe, uh, who else at corner? We have uh, William Jackson uh, down up and from Cincinnati. Uh, safety is Anthony Harris, John Johnson. Sadly, Justin Simmons is not a free agent. So the Jags can still do a lot, a lot with their, um, a lot with their cap space. But I feel like one position that opened up the most it was tight end. Uh, Hunter Henry not being tagged, which is huge for the Jaguars. That is a great opportunity. Obviously, I mean George Kittle was 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 the was the top tight end on the market. Oh what? Oh, and I'd missed the five year seventy five million dollar extension. Wow. Yeah. I'm behind. But obviously Hunter Henry. Yes. Um, obviously a value guy there on that tight end position, and definitely somebody who can make some production happen. I mean, uh, who's their top? Uh, tight end right now for the Jaguars. Top tight end for the Jaguars. Well, we just declined the team option. It was Tyler Eifert. Um, O'Shaughnessy, I think he's off contract uh, again this year. He is. So that is leaving um, to the top uh, tight end on the roster is Josh Oliver, who barely plays for us. Uh, he was a draft pick, um, I think, a year or two ago. So tight end is big need for us. I and- mean, that's that, that honestly sounds like one of the biggest, like, Blaring red lights right now. Uh, in in terms of, I mean, I haven't even heard of that guy to be honest. Yeah. Uh, rookie, yeah. I mean, rookie quarterbacks do love their tight ends. Um, Hunter Henry is a would be a phenomenal pickup with Trevor Lawrence. They will just mesh well. 
Um, For sure. If Hunter Henry uh, can't get him, then I'm willing to cough up the extra shekels for Jonu Smith. Um, he's not going to put up crazy passing game stats, but Jonu Smith is still a pretty liable tight end. So Definitely, definitely. And, I mean, we, we, we were talking about the tight end position a little while ago, and this is when we were talking about the draft. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I still think that Kyle Pitts is somebody who they might want to take a look at in that first round, you know, whether – uh, whether you trade up uh, from 25 or uh, or something else like that. But, I mean, obviously a blaring, blaring red flag there mm-hmm. um, for the Jaguars. Um, so uh, so I'm looking safety, corner, O-line, D-line, wide receiver um, as, as some of the big positions here. Um, let me see here. I mean, the Jags, there's some, some decent guys out there. Um, I mean, Joe Tooney, uh, he was not tagged by the Patriots. That's kind of a plus if we want to really build up the guards. Um, Edge rusher, it's a pretty good market for edge rushers. you got Shaquille Barrett, uh, who has had some ties with the Jaguars and rumors recently. Um, Bud Dupree would be nice, but I don't think he'd really fit with Allen and Chase on. Trey Hendrickson from the Saints. I watch a lot of Saints football. Trey Hendrickson was a beast this year. Uh, Carl Lawson is a pretty decent guy. Matthew Judon's okay. Um, Yannick will not be coming back to us. So, <laughs> so for a D line, uh, Leonard Williams getting tagged really hurt the team because we needed an interior D lineman with Dewan Smoot. So we're gonna have to go try to get these edge guys and try to convert them to D line, or if there's a liable defensive lineman in the market that can really really play um, hard up the middle. I mean, Dalvin Tomlinson, I would take a stab at. Uh, Leonard Floyd, I said earlier. Another name I see is is, is Cameron Hayward as a veteran uh, piece right here. I mean, if mm-hmm. you if you really need to make that stop, I mean, uh, always always can't go wrong signing a veteran. No, yeah, Case, Cameron Hayward's uh, I mean, talented. We've seen what he is. Uh, it's been a couple of years since he was truly the beast that he was, but he can still be a liable option. I don't think if you're Jacksonville right now, you necessarily need a beast on on the defensive line. It really, you just need someone who's going to be able to make some plays and and just affect the game in that way, and just make sure that that the defensive side of the ball isn't lacking there. I feel like DBs are going to be the number one focus for the defense. Um, the DBs are terrible. It was and they should C- be. Yeah, it's C.J. Henderson, and that's it. Herndon was terrible, and we've had the worst safety play. In the league, so I mean, when you take out, you know, Justin Simmons is a top safety guy. You know, John Johnson is like my first guy I think of for safety. I mean, he he's a sleeper. He 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 is a very productive guy, but like, sheesh. I mean, these tags just really shredded any opportunity to Jackson make splashes in free agency. That was definitely tough. I mean, yeah, just a lot of a lot of guys that were not only. Quality, but also just value plays. Guys mm-hmm. who who you could have gotten for a slightly lower price, and definitely definitely hurt their chances there. Yeah. Well, I, there's there's still a lot of upside. Uh, the receiver market is still pretty valuable, I'd say. You know, outside of Galladay that we mentioned earlier. I mean, if you want TikTok sensation himself, Juju Smith Schuster, uh, he'll be there. Jags fans are clamoring for Curtis Samuel, which wouldn't be too bad. I don't I mean, suppose. We, we have LaVisca Chenault in the same role, so it won't be, you know, it could be a little weird to have two of those same guys, but Curtis Samuel is a dangerous threat. He dropped 1,000 scrimmage yards this past season. 
mm-hmm. uh, with roommates who are Panthers fans, I end up watching a lot of Panthers football. Yeah, so. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep saying because I, I I know you want the Jaguars to continue to look for for quality wide receivers, but I think that that if if it doesn't come at the expense of another position, they they really should be looking elsewhere. Uh, first, in my opinion, I think that. I think that those guys are good. I think that I, I, I think that they have room to grow. They have a higher ceiling, uh, and I, I I think that they they need a little bit of time with Trevor Lawrence for sure. I mean, obviously production not much for their first two years, but not really a great guy to throw to them in the first place. Yeah, uh, I mean it. It's re- very weird for the Jazz because yes, it is rookie quarterback. Free agents don't like to play with rookie quarterbacks, but then again, when you have a rookie quarterback, the name Trevor Lawrence. I in think that, that there there is definitely out. a lot of pull to that. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I figure everybody here knows who he is, and everybody watched him in school college. Yeah. And uh, I mean, again, the hype is there not only for the fans but for the for the players too, choosing their homes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's definitely playing a role here. Yeah, it's um, it's just yeah, it, it really closed a lot of doors yesterday for for the Jags to take advantage. But I mean, if you get the if you get the guys you can get. Um, this year, preferably I'd try to even stay under the cap again, so then we can have carryover and have even more cap space for next year. I mean, honestly, I think that that's the move because to me, I d- I don't see the value to maxing out your 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 salary cap right mm-hmm. now. Because I mean, the way I see it, the 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 Jaguars, even if they have a very good season, I I can still really see a ceiling of six seven wins. Uh, even with Trevor Lawrence, and you know that that's no knock on the Jaguars. That's just saying that they have work to do yeah. if they're going to uh, make the playoffs, and it's just not going to happen in a season. So mm-hmm. to have that extra cap space next year, we really, really, really valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's been rumors with Andrew Norwell, the Jags' highest-paid player and highest-paid offensive lineman for the Jaguars, and trade rumors. And do you do you think it, it would be smart to trade Norwell? Andrew Norwell. I mean, there's no question. If yeah. if there's a team out there that's willing to take on that contract, I mean, that would be a blessing for Jacksonville, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, we've talked about the importance of the offensive line, uh, but I, I mean, when you when it comes to contracts like that, I, I I think that you know, if you're going to rebuild, you need to let those contracts go. And yeah. You need to be able to uh, allocate that money towards towards players that are going to be producing for you. Uh, so you know, I, I think that if they can find a suitor, it'd be really good. But obviously, don't don't uh, don't put his selling price too low, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I ha- I I'm think I'm just been like looking over everything as we're talking, and I'm thinking, what can the Jags do? And I mean, we could go to our, our good buddies up north, the Chicago Bears. You know, the Bears, um, <laughs> and maybe we can abuse them again because. As a Jags fan, the thought of Allen Robinson coming back to Duval County is very tantalizing. That I is really, really, really Did, interesting. You and I have both yeah, read. If because if they if they want to trade for Russ and the Bears somehow do get Russell Wilson, they're gonna need. What's the number one thing that Russ has been clamoring for? Protection. Andrew Norwell. There we go. Jags. We want receiver. We have eleven picks in this draft class. Um. I wouldn't be willing to give up a first. Um, I don't think you. Should. I, I'd give up our. I'd just. I'd give up our forty-fifth picks and probably a bunch of later uh, for Norwell. Like no, we give him Norwell, um, probably a second, a third, uh, probably like a third next year for Allen Robinson, a fifth or sixth because that's how the NFL works. They always trade fifth, fifth round picks. They yeah. always trade yeah. fifths. 
I think it, I think it could work for both parties. Um, I mean, yeah, I think you. I think you've just made a really good, great argument for both sides making that trade. Yeah. Chicago, Jacksonville, are you listening? <laughs> I mean, we've done it before. Maybe they don't want to trade with us anymore because we kind of did screw them over with Nick Foles. We, um, they yeah. Did, oh my gosh! When I when I saw that we traded away Nick Foles, I was so happy. We I, many many mistakes were made with that man's contract. Let's just put it that yeah, way. You know. Many mistakes were made by multiple <laughs> different teams. It's fine. It's fine. He was gone. He played four games for us and didn't win a single game. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a rough shape for the Jags, but Jags, I feel confident. Be aggressive. We we've done it before where we had amazing off seasons. Maybe we can do it again. I mean, so then I, I, I would I would conclude by then saying, where where do you see the ceiling for this Jacksonville Jaguars team? I know you're a little biased in that, but give me give me your honest opinion on 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 how many wins you see this team getting this year. I think this year the Jags should try to aim for, and I think they can reach it, a Chargers year, seven and nine. But hopefully, it's not because coaching is terrible. It's just a talent thing where we go seven and nine. And next year in free agency in the draft, we can really take the next step into becoming a contender for the AFC South in playoffs. So I think 6-10, 7-9 is a good range for the Jaguars. Of course, offensive rookie of the year, Trevor Lawrence performance. So Of course, of course. Man. That's what I would say. I mean, I was, that was quick. That was ambitious. I didn't I, even think yeah. about it. I mean... Hey, Lawrence's best, like, current NFL comparison, he looks like Justin Herbert. I mean, look, on paper, yeah. I agree with you that Trevor Lawrence is, is, is the guy who looks the most likely to win this uh, Rookie of the Year award. But, I mean, there is There's a lot. lot of, there yeah. is so much. This is probably one of the deeper draft classes we've seen. Uh, offense. Yeah. At, at least on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and so I, I, I think that there is a lot of guys who are going to make that running. Imagine if Devontae Smith has a breakout season like he did at Alabama. I, I'd love to see that. Um, Imagine Jaylen, if that translates. Jaylen, so that would be fun. Jalen Waddle, Kyle Pitts, uh, Jamar Chase. They, there's, I mean, uh, Kadarius Tony. Even if he has a phenomenal year, which I predict he will. And hey, don't sleep on Zach Wilson and don't sleep on Justin Fields Absolutely because not. hey, those guys have got talent of their own and. Uh, you never know who's gonna break out and have those tra- have those talents translate over. Oh yeah, it's it, it's gonna be very interesting to see that race. But you know, I think my boy T Law will will get it done. You know, I know you hope so. In terms of in, in terms of my look at the team, I can see, I mean, right about same as you. But I'm gonna be a little less generous and give him five to six. Okay. Um. Just because I don't want to overhype Trevor Lawrence when yeah. it comes to this, because I know that Trevor is going to be good, and he's going to be good in three years, but not everybody has a great rookie season. And, and uh, you know, I really do think that Trevor Lawrence, like, he'll, he'll show us quite a bit, though, even mm-hmm. if he doesn't have an outstanding year. And I think that he's got the best chance to do that of anybody in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the Jaguars should definitely really be looking forward to the next couple of years. And if they can just do well in the offseason year after year and just do what they need to do, this team actually has a lot of potential with that guy under center. Yeah. Um, the, the big statement for all this for the Jaguars, please don't sign Juju. You can sign any other receiver. That's not, not only asking not for. That is a demand. That's my big state. That's the big summary of what I want to see for the Jags this offseason. Jacksonville, you heard the man. You heard your fan. Don't sign Juju. Don't sign TikTok boy. No, no, no. All right. We're going to cut to break, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk about some recent NFL news and also kick off our first trivia segment here. Yes, we'll be back with that in just a second. 
And we are back with the final segment of today. We're going to go through some recent news that's happened uh, within the past couple of days in the NFL world. Um, I'm going to pretty much go through some things. People have gotten cut. People have gotten traded. People have gotten tagged. First things first, uh, we're looking at guys who are on the trading block, a.k.a. the chopping block. So, Matt, the chopping block consists of anyone who it might be traded within the next few days or weeks. The Saints have two guys, Quan Alexander and Latavius Murray. The Rams have Michael Brockers. The Eagles have Brandon Brooks and star tight end Zach Ertz. The Raiders have LaMarcus Joyner. The Browns have David Njoku. The Packers have recently signed Preston Smith. The Giants have Kevin Zeitler. The Chargers have pro, All-Pro Bowl uh, center Trey Turner. And the Patriots have, well, an all-star corner in Stephon Gilmore. Uh, any of those guys kind of shock you or are these uh, more expected than anything else? I mean, I mean, looking at the uh, a lot of these teams and their contract situations, not, none of these particularly surprise me. But one that uh, does stand out to me in terms of we've been talking about the Jaguars today and players that they need. I mean, Zach Ertz right there. Uh, yeah. he's, he's, he's obviously not in his prime. Obviously, you know, the Eagles are trying to offload that contract. And so I think that you can, might be able to get him at a discount there. Uh, obviously, we are talking about the Jaguars in need of a tight end. And so that might be a good place to look. Uh, mm -hmm. But otherwise, none of this really surprised me. What about you? I mean, as a Jags fan, I'm looking right at Stephon Gilmore, and I'm like, I'm, am I really going to have to make a deal with the devil, the New England Patriots, to get make Stephon Gilmore? Oh, God. I think I think it's necessary. Stephon Gilmore is still, you know, an all-pro type of corner. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was riddled with injuries and stuff this year, but he's still a lockdown guy who... In the AFC Championship game, really made some clutch plays to beat us out back in 2017. Definitely going to cost you a little bit, though. Yeah, uh, I feel like it'd be, I mean, we have to give a first-round pick. I think I'd, we will, mm, I'd just throw in a bunch of seconds and thirds and fourths, I guess, instead. And hope they take it. <laughs> Hopefully. I mean, Bill, Bill is, a, um, is a, he's a pretty stingy type of general manager at times, so it may be harder, it may be harder uh, to do than said. All right, all right, and so um, someone actually had to pack their bags. Uh, he, he was on the chopping block when I made the script, and now uh, he was traded to the Patriots. Trent Brown, uh, you know, the high, a high-touted offensive lineman uh, from the Las Vegas Raiders, was traded with a seventh-round pick to the New England Patriots for just a 2022 fifth-round pick. I mean, Patriots are doing this really to save uh, money, and they're going to let Joe Tooney walk, which I kind of understand. Um, I mean, yeah, it makes it interesting, protects whom, whomever the quarterback will be for the Patriots. Whoever that will be, and that is a big question right now because yeah. we've seen the Mac Jones rumors, we've mm -hmm. seen the Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson trade rumors, we've seen the trade up and get another one of those quality quarterbacks uh, rumors. Patrick, we've seen Alex Smith. We have. Uh, I mean, I'm 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 just about ready for the Josh McCown rumors. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Come out of retirement again. Jesus. Oh, man. Hey, I would support that of Josh McCown. Josh McCown, I would support you if you came out of retirement. Yeah. The journeyman that you are, I would love to see it. He's a very, very interesting character, I do have to say. Yeah, all right. And speaking of Alex Smith, Alex Smith was one of the players who got an eviction notice from their franchise. In fact, several highly noticeable players kind of gotten you know their butts handed to and kicked out the door. Zane Gonzalez, the kicker who missed a bunch of clutch uh, kicks this year for the Cardinals, was cut. Uh, franchise favorite Kyle Rudolph uh, was cut, breaking a lot of Vikings fans' hearts. 
Jared Cook, another tight end for the Saints, was cut. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, who was just traded to the Seahawks, was cut. Fa fan favorite K1 Short was cut from the Panthers. Uh, former Jaguar Boyer uh, was also cut from the Broncos. Former Hawkeye linebacker and stud Christian Kirksey was taken out. Kyle Van Noy was cut from the Dolphins. Golden Tate were cut by the Giants. The Eagles had to say goodbye to Deshaun Jackson again. And then Malcolm Butler was released at last second by the Tennessee Titans. That's a list of names. I mean, four or five years ago, all, all these guys were. I mean, you can make an all pro team with these guys four or five years ago. Yeah. It is kind of sad to see that these guys are finally starting to hit the backside of, uh, of their careers. I got to say, though, uh, the Malcolm Butler one kind of surprised me. Yeah, I mean, he, he kind of gets like lost uh, throughout the, the Titans' um, uh, cornerback cycles and DB cycles. Um, so it's not that surprising. Plus, they kind of need to make room for DBs that they're going to try to sign or re-sign, like Desmond King is a good example. Um, I mean, really? Like everybody still uh, really remembers that name just from that uh, Super Bowl 49 yeah. interception. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the Kyle Rudolph one. I. The Vikings aren't going to do anything crazy. They can't really with the with their cap situation, and they're looking like they're going to be the same as they were this year, just a middle of the road team. So it's odd for me that they're just getting rid of Kyle Rudolph, unless they, you know, maybe they they really like Irv Smith, um, that he he can really be that the next great tight end for the Minnesota Vikings. Alrighty, and then next um, to the nursing home, you you old you old geezers. <laughs> <laughs> Center for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, sadly retired Maurice Pouncey, and a Panthers favorite who betrayed them th this past offseason when he signed to the to the pieces of garbage that is the Seattle Seahawks. Pieces of Greg, garbage. Damn. Greg Olson. No, I'm not calling them garbage. That's just what Panthers fans. The Panthers fans okay. hate the Seahawks. Yes. Okay, then that's fair. Then that's fair to me. I mean, I've, I've never the Seahawks have never done anything bad to me. Personally. To me, no. For me, no. They took Luke Joke away from us. So that's a good thing. Um, Greg Olson. I mean, he's a top five tight end of all time. If you can throw in that argument, that's, uh, I, that's a bold argument to make, but. You know, I'll I'll give it some merit. When you, when you think about his impact for the Panthers as you know as the tight end and not you know something that's not really thought of be impactful, especially to a franchise, it's kind of heartbreaking to see as a, as a fellow tight end myself. Um, Maurice Pouncey, I hate the Steelers with a heart. Um, I hated Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, and I thought they were gonna be different. The the Steelers be different, but yet they're the exact same as they were. So. The Pouncey retirement doesn't really bother me too much. Um, I don't think it would bother you too much. You guys I don't suppose either one of these bothered me too much. Yeah. I mean, two guys definitely on, on on the backside of their careers. And, you know, you, you, you said it. Greg Olson obviously left quite a legacy yeah. uh, in Carolina with what he did there for a number of years. Uh, you know, I, I honestly was really surprised that he ended up going to Seattle uh, for his last year. But, hey, uh, enjoy. <laughs> yeah, enjoy. Enjoy uh, golfing and margaritas with, uh, I guess, Eli. And, yeah, and, you know, um, it's sad to see those guys go, but, it, you know, that's how the NFL works. It's a cycle. So it goes. You, you go to the top, then you go to the bottom through out age. With, out with the old, in with the new, right? Now, you know, a lot of um, some franchises this past, uh, throughout the offseason, um, were the Shadow Man from Princess and the Frog. They were about shake my hands, boys. <laughs> Come on, boys. Won't you shake 
a poor sinner's hands. <laughs> and I'm obviously referencing to a couple teams reconstructed uh, some deals. Um, Matt, would you like to list them off on uh, noticeable players who had their had contracts renegotiated? I mean, sure. I mean, the top two I see are the, the obviously the Big Ben contract as mm-hmm. well as Jason Kelsey down in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously both of those, neither one of those particularly surprised me. I mean, Big Ben is starting to realize, well, I'm sure he's realized that already, but his role as a veteran on this Pittsburgh team obviously now. Just and, a statue. Uh, taking, you know, really just a statue at this point. Um, you know, I, I, I guess can still play a little bit, but, I mean, the, the Steelers obviously starting to have to move in, in a new direction with the quarterback. Uh, and Big Ben obviously taking, uh, taking some... Uh, money off of the Jaguar or off of the Steelers' hands, yeah. I should say. Jesus. I mean, it's it's just you know it's a discount. He loves the he loves the city of Pittsburgh. I mean, good thing for the Steelers now they can actually do something with money. Um, but that's big, not a bad thing. They gotta let Big Ben walk next year. Don't try to tag him. Don't try to sign him to another deal. Just this is his last year. Get him the best talent he needs and see what you can do. And then after, blow it up. Please blow it up. Blow everything up. It's just how it is. And then a team that has been desperate in the biggest cap nightmare I could possibly imagine, New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees, uh, DeMario Davis, and Cameron Jordan, three probably the three uh, most beloved Saints players right now among among fans, uh, all had renegotiated contracts. And it's weird. Uh, it's surprising that Drew Brees hasn't announced retirement yet. It's kind of... Like, don't you think? You know, we, you know, I feel like the consensus was so much that he was going to retire. You know, everybody, everybody was talking about that shot uh, in that playoff game where he turned around and looked at the field one last time, mm-hmm. and everybody was saying, "All right, it's time. He's going to hang it up." But he left the possibility open. He he didn't want to commit to retirement, and yeah. he said that he's not entirely sure yet, and mm-hmm. that he's going to take some time to think about it. So hey, maybe he's still thinking about it, and maybe we'll get one more season out of him. Yeah, um, it, it, as Saints um, people have been really Saints fans have been really focusing on. There's been rumors with Russell Wilson um, trying to get to New Orleans. Uh, Michael Thomas has been one of the big bigger. Um, Bigger guys to really influence this, try to get Russell Wilson to be traded to New Orleans. That would be extremely in- interesting. It will shake up the entire NFC as it goes. Keeps the Saints up top. Um, instead of uh, the Saints expecting to not make the playoffs, no matter who's behind center. Yeah. And with Russell Wilson, if they arrange the contracts right and Drew Brees retires, Saints probably will be in the same position. And especially with Russ, they'll find a way to choke in the playoffs again. Mm. How it goes, yeah. right? All right. And then for the final little segment of uh, recent news, tags to riches. When you get franchise tagged, eventually riches will follow. Tags to riches. Tags, tags to, to riches. riches. <laughs> <laughs> Can't go too long when you get copy striked. But uh, there have been a total of eight players that were franchise tagged, which is much less than last year. But um, still, it hurt me as a Jags fan as I'm about to read these names. Justin Simmons for the Denver Broncos, Chris Godwin by the Buccaneers, Leonard Williams by the Giants, Cam Robinson by the Jags, Taylor Moten by the Carolina Panthers, Jets tagged uh, Marcus May, Brandon Scherf was tagged by the football team, and Allen Robinson was tagged by the Bears. Um, every literally every single one of those hurts Jacksonville, and I, yeah. I I feel for y'all, man. I am sorry. Yeah, but I mean, you guys got Marcus May as a Jets fan. How do you feel about getting uh, tagging Marcus May? 
Uh, I mean, always the uh, the the underlooked, you know, the little brother safety of that uh, of, of of that draft when they got Jamal Adams with mm-hmm. that uh, with that third overall pick. Marcus May is a great player, and he he's been doing a great job at strong safety these last couple of years, yeah. or free safety, I should say. Yes. Adams was at strong safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, right now, best player on the team, most reliable one that I can see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you know, I'm happy with it. The Jets did what they had to do. Uh, more surprising though, the, the players that were not tagged, and we talked about a couple of them. Yes. Uh, Kenny Galladay was not tagged. Aaron Jones wasn't tagged. The son Reddick, mm-hmm. Hunter Henry, we already mentioned. Bud Dupree, Chris Carson. Uh, well, that was surprising to me. And then Shaq, uh, Shaquille Griffin. Yeah. Uh, any 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 of those particularly surprise you? Uh, Kenny Galladay was a big surprise. Um, Aaron Jones is a huge surprise because in my eyes. The only way the Packers are able to keep Aaron Jones is to tag him because you're gonna have to pay him, you know, Dalvin Cook type of money to hold on to him. Definitely. I mean, if I'm a as a you know in a Jets fan's eyes, Aaron Jones is mighty beautiful to have on a new team. So I would definitely be cool. Another one that surprised me was Chris Carson. I mean, yeah, I I, I thought that 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 you know he was starting to find his footing down there in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I I, I feel like. Seahawks don't really have a ton else at uh, at running back at the moment, no. and uh, you know to to not tag Chris Carson. I mean that's going to be a hefty target in free agency for a lot of teams. Yeah, they could definitely bring Carson back. I feel like they didn't tag him because tagging him they believe would be more expensive than signing him, which I think so. I kind of agree with that. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, they're probably going to end up losing him, and I think he's a highly underrated corner in this league. He can really make some decent plays uh, out of the corner. And it sucks that his, uh, his uh, brother, Shaquem, uh, was unable to really be a part of the Seahawks for too long because, you know, um, Shaquem Griffin down in UCF was a very fun watch. Oh, he definitely was. That was – I mean, I remember when he won AAC uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to be able to make plays like that with one hand, I mean, he's so inspirational. Yeah. So that's been pretty much all the recent news in the last week or two. Um, now we're going on to a more personal subject. We have trivia between me and Matt. Um, we are going to ask each other three questions, and each correct answer will be one point each, uh, unless we have any sort of specific stipulations on the questions. But uh, mine are pretty basic. They're all worth one point for one answer. Mine are all worth one point. Alrighty. Um, you want me to go first to answer or to ask? I'll take. Uh, I'll 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 take it. I'll take it first here. So I'll okay. ask you. Um, so who was the number one overall pick of two thousand seven? Two thousand seven. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Two thousand nine was Stafford. Two thousand eight was. Hold up. I gotta have to think about. I'm also trying to think of a college football at the time. Um, I'm trying to think. 2008. 2008 was. Who mm, was the uh, Jake Long? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the those the Longs, Jake and Chris. So 2007. Before that. Ugh. You'll recognize the name when you hear it. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna be so mad at myself. Not particularly for what he did well in the NFL. Um, isn't, is it Jamar? No way, it's Jamarcus Russell. I think it is Jamarcus Russell. It is Jamarcus? Oh my gosh. There you go. go. He's got it. And that's, that's a point. One. That's a point. Say. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm thinking, like, okay, who? And then I kind of got it. All right. Wow, that was some trouble. All right. My questions are all Jagger related, but they're 
They're fairly You know fun. I'm not going to be able to answer these. Don't worry. These are fun. <laughs> All right. Name the Jags running back. I'm going to give you three running backs. Um, one of them actually played for the Jaguars. You ready? Name. Uh, wait. So you're going to name the running backs? I'm going to name the running backs, and you got to guess which one played for the Jaguars. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, number one, Darren McFadden. Okay. Number two, Jamal Charles. And number three, Noshawn Marino. I don't even know that last name. You don't know Noshawn Marino? Oh, my gosh. I really well, – All right, I mean, so you never watched a Broncos football game back back uh, like eight years ago then? I don't suppose I did. I forgive you. Don't <laughs> worry. I, my family was Florida fans, so Tebow was awesome to watch. Mm, uh, but I'm trying – I, I would like to not guess him if I don't know what teams mm. he's been on. But at the same time, I, I can't remember a stint where, where Darren McFadden was – in Jacksonville, and honestly, the same goes with Charles. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with him. You're going with Noshaw Marino? Going with Noshaw Marino. It was Jamal Charles. Char- when, when did he play in Jacksonville? Jamal Charles uh, played two games, and I believe it was in 2018, uh, pretty recently. Wow. Uh, I'm going to pull it up, but he did play for the Jaguars. I was just thinking about yeah. the Chiefs and the Broncos. He, had, he played in two games back in 2018, six rushes for seven yards, Two receptions for seven yards. What a man. Total of, what, 14 yards. 14 yards and, and two games. Yes, what a great uh, stint he had there. Oh, man. <laughs> all right, so here's my uh, second trivia question. It's going to be dealing with one of the all-time famous uh, Jaguars games, uh, week 16 of the 2003 season oh, uh, between the Saints and the Jaguars. The Saints remembered for one of the craziest uh, last-second plays a uh, 75-yard touchdown with a bunch of laterals, and uh, there was some controversy on that play too. And then, unbelievably, the extra point in that game was missed. So the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. won it, 20 to 19. Who was the kicker for the Saints? Who were the kicker for the Saints? Yeah, I feel. Okay. I feel like if I feel like the only way you would know this is if you've like watched the clip a number of times and recognized the name from the tele uh, from the telecast. Oh my goodness. Okay, 2003. So this is I'm. Um, Two years old at this point. I know the I know of the game. I think I only watched it the clip like two or three times. I watched that clip a lot. Surprisingly, I mean, it, I mean, it was the Byron Leftwich years, which were okay years, but not great years for the Jaguars. I cannot name you a kicker. Um, I will take a guess. It is probably not it. I'm going with the greatest kicker, well, second greatest kicker of all time, Morton Anderson. Even though I know that's not right. Well, considering the fact that this man missed a very clutch extra point, he probably wasn't the second best kicker ever. Mm. It was John Carney. John Carney, okay. And uh, that's that's it. John Carney, uh, you shouldn't have missed that point because it dropped the Saints out of playoff contention that year. Oh, wow. Dang. Definitely one of the more uh, cruel moments of their franchise history. Sheesh. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, yeah, one of the greatest Jags ever. And I thought you were about to say 1999 and uh, – Playoffs. The Jags beat Dan Marino in his final game, sixty-two to seven. I mean, look, mm-hmm. that 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 game right there kind of speaks for itself. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My second question: Which of these Jaguars quarterbacks have the hot have the highest winning percentage when they were starters? Is it A. Chad Henney? Yes, he was a Jags quarterback. B. Blaine Gabbert or C. Nicholas Foles? Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert is wrong. It was Chad Henney. Chad Henney. What was his record? Chad Henney had a, I think a three, a thirty-one win percentage, and Blaine Gabbert had a thirty-one percent. 
<laughs> the fact that that's the highest win percentage out of those out three, of those three yeah. I mean, the highest in ja- for the Jags is like 54%, and that was uh, Mark Brunell for obvious reasons. But yeah, we had Blaine Gabber was 18%, Chad Henney was 22.7%, and Nick Fools was zero. Puts you in perspective on such great talent the Jags have had. Oh yeah, just just flooding with quarterback talent. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is a lot to uh, to to live up to here in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Alrighty. What is what's my question that I have to answer? All right. So here we go. And the last question is going to be uh, just one of your players and where he went to school. Okay. So Tyler Eifert. Oh crap. Ty- I I just saw this too. Tyler Eifert. Oh, come on. See, he's not drafted by the Jags, which hurts, because I can name any guy from the Jags uh, who we drafted, but free agency, oh, gosh, Tyler Eifert. Did he go to Georgia? I feel like he went to Georgia. I think that's my guess. He didn't go to Georgia. He went to Notre Dame. Notre Dame? Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll live with it. I think uh, I think you'll be okay not knowing that obscure. NFL yeah, he, he's on. He's question. not even on the team anymore. What, <laughs> why should I care? Alrighty. So the final question for trivia is: What was the nickname for the famous Jaguars wide receiver duo of Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell? These guys were uh, the receivers with Mark Brunell uh, back in the late '90s. So I'm gonna give you three nicknames, and you guys uh, guess which one it, it was. All right. Number one was Deuce and Juice. Number two, the natural disasters, and number three, thunder and lightning. Those are all really good duo names. I'm I'm not even gonna lie. Those are, I, I would be honored to be on either on yeah, any on of those. Them, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna go with the natural disasters. Natural disasters is not it. It is thunder and lightning. Thunder natural, and lightning. The natural disasters was a late '80s tag team between Earthquake and Tugboat in the World Wrestling Federation. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, they, they were pretty good. I think Tugboat changed his name to Typhoon or something Bringing like in some WWE yeah. tidbits there. Hey, I like it. But hey, Thunder and Lightning, um, Electric, and then probably the second best wide receiver duo was the two Allens when we had Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Oh, I remember that. That was right about when I started to watch fantasy football. I actually, if I remember correctly... Alan Hearns was on my first ever fantasy team when I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah man, those was, were those are those are the good old days. He was he was a I mean he was really fun to have and you know he sadly we just had to let him go. Uh, it really hurt and then sadly Robinson. But I mean yeah, his second year in the league, Alan Hearns had over a thousand yards and we thought man he's really going to be something. Not too bad, Alan, so, but obviously dropped off a little bit. Yeah, um, but it, you know it is what it is. But, hey, I'll take a 1-0 lead going to week two. Not, not bad at all, man. Uh, I, I have to give you props. You won this time. I'm going to try and come back a little better, uh, study my obscure NFL knowledge, <laughs> and uh, hopefully I can uh, score a point next time. Yeah. I suck. You're good. Trust <laughs> me. You're, I'll make them easier. It's the Jets. I'll, I'll make them pretty easy for the Jets. Don't I worry. appreciate that. I appreciate that. Well, mm-hmm. we are going to sign off here. Thank you very much for tuning into our pilot episode. If you're still here, uh, we're going to be bringing it to you every single week here from now on mm-hmm. uh, for at least the duration of this offseason, if not yes. further on. Uh, so with that, signing off, I'm Matt Lagana. I am Logan Eilers. And we will see you all next week.